ever heard that if you repeat a lie often enough, it becomes the truth? That's what narcissists count on when they're gaslighting you. Today we're going to talk about seven different ways, different techniques that narcissists use to gaslight us in toxic relationships. This will help you to better understand the person you're dealing with, better understand what you've been through, and hopefully not go through it again. All right, knowledge is power, my friend. Let's get started. My name is Angie Atkinson, and on this channel, I offer free daily video coaching to help you discover, understand, and overcome narcissistic abuse in toxic relationships. I like to call it toxic relationship rehab. Does that sound good to you? If so, hit that subscribe button, and let's get going. So just as a brief starting point, I want to officially define gaslighting for you and explain to you what it is, just in case you don't know. So really quickly, gaslighting is a persistent type of manipulation that a narcissist or other toxic person will apply to you, use against you, in order to control you, to make you doubt your own perception of reality, and ultimately to make you feel crazy. When they make you feel crazy, then they can feel in control of you, and often you'll give up the control when you reach that point because you don't know what else to do. Today we're going to talk about, like I said, seven different tactics that commonly are used by gaslighters in relationships. We're going to start with one of the most obvious ones, the biggest, most painful one maybe, uh, and that is to dominate you, to control you. The narcissist will behave as though you deserve nothing at all when it comes to having choices, opinions. Anytime you have a choice or an opinion to make, to state or make, the narcissist will minimize you and attack you. They lie to you, they manipulate you, they coerce you in order to keep you in a constant state of insecurity and fear. When you live in a state of fear, you'll have almost no choice but to submit to their will and that's exactly what they want. Because what happens is that you actually begin to doubt your own perception, like I said, of reality and question your ability to make choices reasonably, your ability to function on a healthy, normal level. And once you start to do that, the narcissist gains control over you. Now let's move on to number two. I'm going to call number two crumbs of goodness, okay? And what I mean is every now and then you'll get a little hope. Oh my gosh, maybe things are going to go back to normal or how they used to be. Maybe the narcissist is going to be kinder from now on. The narcissist will give you little glimmers of who they used to be or who you thought you signed up to be with. And it's just all false hope. They make you believe that maybe things are going to get better. And believe it or not, this is another form of gaslighting. They will occasionally treat you with kindness. They'll be a little gentle to you. They might even throw a compliment your way, give you a tiny taste of validation. They might even be really, really nice. And they might even show some sort of superficial remorse to you. And you'll go, oh, maybe it isn't that bad. Maybe I can make it through this. It's going to be okay, right? Not really. It is a temporary maneuvering tactic that they're using to manipulate you and control you back into submission. This one often comes up anytime you think to yourself, you know what, I'm done, I'm out of here. That's when they'll start doing this. It's similar to hoovering. You know what I'm talking about? The worst part of this one is that they often use it to further make you dependent on them. And this kind of increases the enmeshment that you have. So it's even harder to leave them when this tactic is used. And I think they know it, whether subconsciously or not. And I think that depends on where they are on the spectrum. Number three, the narcissist will force you into a codependent relationship. I know we just talked about codependency, but this is a little different. 
What they do is they require you to get their approval for everything. They might do this by making it really hard on you when you don't in the beginning of the relationship. Well, how dare you make, you know, bratwurst for dinner? I don't like bratwurst. You should have known that. And, and the next time, you know, how dare you, you know, cook a vegan meal? You know I need meat with my dinner. <laughs> Whatever. The point is they will begin to pick at small things and that you will become so paranoid of triggering their fear and anger that your first step is always, what do you think, narcissist? Is this okay with you? Codependent is defined by the dictionary as excessive emotional or psychological reliance on a partner. Your narcissist exploits this, constantly pulling your strings, pushing your buttons to force you to be insecure, anxious, and worried, and not be able to function with your own thoughts and feelings. You must always obtain their opinion before you can do anything. And that's exactly what they want, because guess what it gives them? Do you know? Control. Yes. So by forming a codependent relationship with you, they keep you in a constant state of fear, constant state of vulnerability, and they constantly invalidate you. Number four, a narcissist will wear you down. That's a technique. Sometimes they do this by depriving you of sleep, keeping you up in the middle of the night or waking you up in the middle of the night to actually abuse you. I did a whole video on that called sleep abuse. They stay on the offensive in order to constantly have you in a state of high stress, high anxiety. Your adrenaline's always going. Eventually you get, you're exhausted. You might even say to people or to yourself all the time, oh my God, I'm so exhausted. And when you do that, you become discouraged. You become pessimistic. You resign yourself to this is my life. You stay scared. You stay debilitated. You're always doubting yourself. Everything you think, feel, and say, is you're doubting it. You start to question your own perception of reality. You start to question your own identity. You start to question the world around you and wonder, am I seeing this right or am I crazy? That's exactly what the narcissist wants. Number five, the narcissist lies to you. And not just lies, but sometimes just exaggerates the truth to the point that you believe it because there's a kernel of truth in it. So it starts like this. They create a narrative about you. And, and it's like something's wrong with you. You're not good enough. And they tell it to you over and over again. They tell it to themselves over and over again. And you begin to be in a constant state of being on the defense. For example, if they think you're a terrible housekeeper, every single time they're in the house and every single time they see anything that looks like not perfect, they'll point it out. Did you really leave that mess on the floor? God, you're such a terrible housekeeper. Did you really leave that spot on the stove? God, you're such a terrible housekeeper. Why haven't you taken out the trash yet? God, you're such a terrible housekeeper. They tell you this over and over. You're such a terrible housekeeper. And guess what? You start to think, God, I'm a terrible housekeeper. Same thing could happen to you from a narcissist at work. If you are working in a company and let's say you run a department, you know, that makes widgets and somebody over here from the Wingle department is like, the widget department is a complete joke. I cannot even begin to wonder why they pay this, this department. Why are you even over there? And they start to slowly tear you down that narrative. The widget department doesn't matter. The widget department is no good. And pretty soon you and maybe other people in the widget department are freaking out going, oh my gosh, we're sucky. Well, it's not the truth. It's just the case that the narcissist came after you because the narcissist maybe was threatened by you or whatever. It doesn't matter. It's a false narrative the narcissist gave to you and you started to believe it because it was constantly going in your head. Same deal with like, say, a narcissistic mother. She might 
the way you put away the groceries in the house. You put the cans upside down. I told you to put the cans right side up. How come we keep going through this over and over again? You know what I'm saying? It's one thing after another. It's a constant. It's a narrative. They create a negative narrative about you, and then they begin to believe it, and they begin to ask you to believe it. And you do, because you don't know any different. Of course, this brings me to number six. They repeat it again and again and again. So they constantly, if they find a tactic that works on you, they repeat it. If they find a narrative they like about you, even if it's a narrative that makes you look terrible, which it inevitably will be because it's a narcissist, guess what? They're going to repeat it to you over and over again. It keeps you on the defense. It keeps them on the offense. It keeps the stress levels in the relationship high and your satisfaction level non-existent. In fact, you stop caring about your satisfaction level because you're so freaking exhausted. It allows them to control and dominate you on every single level. This brings me to number seven, escalation. So when you come to them and you go, hey, listen, I know you're cheating on me. I saw you kissing another person in the street, let's say. You have irrefutable evidence. You saw it with your own eyes. There's no doubt about it. Maybe you, you even picked up your cell phone and took a picture of it. And you say, see, I showed, see, see, there you are kissing this other person. How can you deny that? Guess what? They will. They'll lie. They'll escalate the lie. They'll say, that's not me. That's just somebody who looks like me. Or they'll say, well, that's my sister. Even though you've been together 20 years, you never met a sister. Or they'll say, oh, that's just somebody from work. And I wasn't really kissing her. I just happened to look. It happened to look like that because I leaned over to whatever lie they want to tell you. And the more you don't believe them, the further they'll escalate the lies. They will flatly deny that they were even involved or maybe that they were even there. This, of course, helps you feel crazier because the more they say it, the more they deny it, the more you're likely to go, maybe I am wrong. Maybe, you know, he seems really sincere. She seems like she really means it. Maybe I was mistaken. Maybe that person I've been with for 20 years has no freaking idea. You know, maybe I have no idea what they look like. Right. They escalate the lies in order to further hold out. They refute evidence with things like denial. Yeah. Blame. Well, I only did that because you haven't kissed me in a month. More false claims, like that was my sister, my cousin, my aunt, my long-lost mother. They twist the facts. And what it all comes down to is they are trying to create enough doubt and confusion in your mind that you might believe, A, that you're crazy enough to have been mistaken, that that wasn't really them kissing a strange person, and B, that you feel confused. And because they are so adamant and so strong about this is really not the truth, what choice do you have but to believe them? And if you dare to question them, they smack you right down. Maybe not physically, but they do it. So there you go. Those are seven gaslighting techniques that narcissists commonly use against us. I'll give you tips on how to deal with gaslighting. Here's one simple way you can stop gaslighting in narcissistic relationships. Living with a narcissist for a long time can really start to feel like you lose the ability to function as an intelligent human being, right? Stop feeling confident about your looks, abilities, the reliability of your own thoughts and emotions. Narcissists are infamous for their gaslighting and manipulation techniques. You know, the ones they actively use in order to get what they want. These techniques can be psychologically devastating for victims. Narcissists can have such an emotional hold on us that they literally invade our every thought. If someone in your life makes you feel completely worthless or constantly questions your sanity, you might be dealing with a narcissist who is actively gaslighting you. There are only a few ways you can stop gaslighting. The first and most drastic is to simply cease all contact with the narcissist. 
This is definitely the most effective way to end the cycle of emotional ma manipulation. But in some cases, no contact, as we all know, is not possible. So what are you supposed to do then? Well, simple. You limit contact at least as much as you can. Of course, it's not always going to be possible to avoid your narcissist. So only spend as much time with him or her as you must. Same goes for conversation when you do spend time together. Try to avoid it when you can. And if you must engage, don't go beyond small talk. Stand up. Refuse to cower. I know it sounds kind of silly, but if you've been in a relationship with a narcissist, you know exactly what I'm talking about. When gaslighting happens, a narcissist wants to feel in control, so they do their very best to make you feel crazy. Don't allow them to intimidate you or upset you. Then take back your power and become the rightful mistress or master of your own destiny. But how do you do this? You simply refuse to react in any negative way, other than to quietly stand up and remove yourself if necessary. You refuse to be confrontational, and you watch the narcissist squirm. By not paying attention or giving him or her the satisfaction of a reaction, you cause the narcissist to feel irrelevant. That upsets and knocks the narcissist right off kilter, and he or she might even decide to go back into charming mode in order to get back the narcissistic supply as in your attention. Either way, it stops the gaslighting, at least temporarily. So how about you? Have you found a way to stop the gaslighting? Ever have a narcissist blame you for something that they did wrong and then feel justified in bullying you about that thing? Ever have a narcissist go so far in that situation as to use your own words against you? If so, this video is for you. We call it narcissistic deflection. And that's what we're talking about today at queenbeing.com. Let's get started. My name is Angie Atkinson and on this channel I offer free daily video coaching to help you discover, understand, and overcome narcissistic abuse in toxic relationships. I like to call it toxic relationship rehab. Does that sound good to you? If so, hit that subscribe button and let's get going. Unfortunately, this is a very common thing that happens in a relationship with a narcissist where they deflect blame onto you in order to take it off of themselves for something, right? They don't want to take responsibility for their own stuff. It's when you're being abused, but your abuser tries to convince you that you're the abusive one. Or maybe, if you're female, they blame it on that time of the month. They accuse you of just having horrible PMS. They couldn't have done anything wrong. It's obviously your fault. Or maybe they'll just label you unreasonable or crazy or an overreactor. They'll say you're making it all up. They assign all blame literally for every issue or concern in the relationship to you and they become offended and also angry if they don't think it seems like you want to accept all the blame and responsibility for everything wrong in the relationship. If you dare to question them or God forbid get upset with them, they will accuse you of being the abuser. They'll do anything possible to run a good smear campaign on you, telling everybody around you that you're crazy. Just how crazy you are and how difficult you can be. And they'll make you look and feel like someone you're really just not. Let's talk about flipping the script, shall we? I like to call it the narcissistic flip. So that's one of the most effective types of gaslighting or manipulation from a narcissist. And that is when a narcissist sort of flips the script on you during an argument. I have dubbed it the narcissistic flip because it's exactly what it is. They flip it around on you, right? 
and it's a regularly employed manipulation techniques for many narcissists and other types of abusers. The flip happens most often when you make a valid point or have the nerve to question anything the narcissist says, does, thinks, or feels. That's about the time that everything turns back around on you and suddenly you're the one who's sorry. How about that? Mostly that you bothered engaging in yet another pointless argument with a narcissist. Denial, my friend, it ain't just a river in Egypt. Okay. Real quick though, let's define denial for our purposes today. In this case, we're talking about the psychological term, which means that someone literally claims that something did happen or didn't happen when the opposite is true. So in the case of narcissists, they use denial. Denial of their own behavior, denial of events and situations when it's convenient for them. And almost always in situations where they, the narcissist, could be considered at fault for like literally anything. Feel me? Negative, especially. If they can take credit for something, that's a whole other ball of wax for them. Denial can be used as a part of the whole brainwashing process by a narcissist. It's the same process a lot of narcissists use just to control their victims. And if you think about it, while they may have originally employed denial to avoid taking responsibility for their own behavior, a lot of narcissists have discovered that denial can be a very effective part of gaslighting as part of the process, right? Narcissists will intentionally say things to provoke reactions from you. They will bait you and then they will wait for a response. If you don't act quickly or dramatically enough, they may poke you poke, 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 and aggressively antagonize you until you just explode. Yeah. Then they tell you you're crazy, that you need help, that something is just plain wrong with you. How do you deal with this kind of manipulation? Obviously, almost always, going no contact is the ideal solution. We already know this. I'm not, I don't have to tell you this. You already know, right? When dealing with almost any toxic narcissist, but in the real world, there are other circumstances and other things to consider. Sometimes you get stuck dealing with a narcissist who for whatever reason you have to co-parent with, or maybe you haven't managed to escape yet, or maybe it's a relative or an in-law and you just can't practically disconnect. You know, it's not practical for you to do that. So you're forced to deal with them. The way to deal with that is to recognize that the narcissist is trying to get you to react. He or she will absolutely use it against you if you do. Let's talk about the blame game, shall we? You've heard of it, right? The blame game? The so-called blame game is just what I've already described. When a narcissist constantly deflects responsibility for their bad behavior, and then they project it right onto the nearest victim, which often is the primary source of supply. Have you been there? Of course, this puts you as the primary supply on constant alert, and you feel the mental and the physical effects of always being in a state of stress. It affects your blood pressure, your neurological function, and even your ability to eat and sleep. Other physical effects might include changes in weight, getting sick more often, falling ill, all of this stuff. It's been reported quite often by victims and survivors of narcissistic abuse, CPTSD, weight issues, heart issues, fibromyalgia, Lots of things. Check out my videos on that stuff. Let's talk about a few examples of the blame game in action, shall we? A narcissistic wife caught lying to her husband about spending an evening alone with a male colleague. She claims when she found out that she only lied because he always overreacts to everything. We kind of talked about this in our jealousy video, right? In reality, the narcissist's husband lives in fear of her erratic and seemingly unprovoked emotional attacks. And of course, the general invalidation of his character that he suffers on a daily basis. A narcissistic husband then, in my next example, is found to be cheating on his wife, let's say, with her best friend. 
It happens. When confronted, the narcissistic husband claims that he was treated poorly by his wife, neglected, and overly criticized by her. He claims that he tried to fix the marriage, but she'd have none of it. And in reality, he's the one who was mentally abusing her, although he's over there getting all the sympathy, saying she was doing it to him. It's called a smear campaign, my friend. And now he has engaged her friend as a very toxic flying monkey. He has taken her friend from her, engaged her in this mess, and now they're together. You see? Gaslighting. Flying monkeys big fat mess. Here's another example. A narcissistic woman has a lunch meeting with a colleague, brand new colleague in the office, and she's secretly a little threatened by this girl, right? She shows up an hour late, the narcissist. When the colleague tries to be like, you know, it would have been great, but I gotta get back to the office. I want to be late back on my second day of work or whatever. She cuts her down for being so uptight, neglecting the opportunity to get to know her. She's like, come on, it's just the office. Just hang out with me here. Let's have lunch now. Nobody will even notice you've been gone. She's secretly a little threatened by her, so wouldn't it do her some good if that person didn't stick around? But this person's too smart, and she says, well, I gotta go. Look, here's some things that you need to know in that situation. If you are stuck in that type of relationship, whether it's work-related, romantic, family, or otherwise, right? If you're dealing with a narcissist or otherwise toxic family member or friend, or colleague, you probably have a lot of someone else's thoughts floating around in your head right now, especially if you're one of their sources of primary supply. You might not think you're good enough. You might think that your feelings and your thoughts aren't genuine and relevant to the world. And you might even feel like a big fake when you do try to follow your dreams, simply because you've heard for so long that you are not worthy, that you don't deserve good things, whether you heard this indirectly or directly. If your toxic relationship happens to be family-based, you may have had so much conditioning that you aren't even sure which way is up anymore. The first step to healing is to start with your own head. You have to change those thoughts and those limiting beliefs that are holding you back. So we're going to start right here. When I was in my own toxic family situation, I struggled with feelings of worthlessness, hopelessness, being not good enough, and all kinds of stuff. I felt like nothing I did, nothing I said, nothing I thought, nothing I believed was real or genuine because I was taught that anything came out of my mouth had no credibility, had no validity. I was constantly invalidated. I felt like I had to hide who I was in order to conform to the expectations of a toxic family member. But I learned some important lessons as I started that healing process. And I wanna share them with you now. If you're currently in this situation, you may have never heard these things. And when you first hear about them, you probably won't even believe me. But these are the truths. And if you need to watch this video again, keep doing it until you get it into your head that these are the truths. Number one, changing your mind will help you change your life. It will change your perspective. It'll change your world. I'm living proof of it. It works. We're going to talk about the top 10 things you need to know if you're in one of these relationships. First thing is you are a legitimate person with legitimate concerns, legitimate thoughts, real feelings, real aspirations, and you can do that shit. Yes, you can, my friend. You are good enough. You don't need anyone's approval. You don't need anyone's endorsement. You don't need anyone to say you're good enough. You don't need anyone to say you're okay, it's okay with them if you do this to succeed. You can get validation through success in your own self-dictated endeavors. It's not about you, it's not your fault. You aren't bad and you aren't broken. You can literally do almost anything you wanna do if you simply decide that you're gonna do it. If you choose to do it, you'll be compelled to take inspired action and my friend, you can make it happen. You have something real to offer to the world. You matter. You have value. You can be exactly what you choose to be. And choosing your own identity doesn't make you lazy, stupid, selfish, entitled, or otherwise unsavory, contrary to what you may have been told. You get to choose your own identity every single day. You get to decide who you are and how far you go in the world. You can compromise for someone you love up to a point. 
But there's a certain point at which it's time to choose your priorities and choose a path. But you have to remember this. Compromise means that both parties give and bend and both parties are satisfied with the outcome. It's not compromise to give up everything you love and want in the world in order to keep someone from being mad at you. It's not. That's not how it works. If you were to walk away from the toxic relationship that you're dealing with or that you've recently dealt with, the world's not going to end. In fact, it's going to get a lot brighter for you pretty quickly. It's going to be difficult. And, and to be fair, you're going to have some soul searching to do. There's a lot of things that you're going to have to think about. I've got all those things covered for you, but We'll get to that. Personally, I had to re-examine literally everything that I believe to be true. Now it's time for the question of the day. And the question of the day is, have you ever experienced narcissistic deflection in your toxic relationship? And how did that look for you? Share your thoughts and your experiences in the comment section below. And let's talk about it. If you've ever tried to negotiate with a narcissist, you know it's very difficult to say the least, to put it nicely. So today at queenbeing.com, we're gonna talk about how to negotiate with a narcissist with some tips from a negotiation expert. All right, so let's get started. My name is Angie Atkinson and on this channel, I offer free daily video coaching to help you discover, understand, and overcome narcissistic abuse in toxic relationships. I like to call it toxic relationship rehab. Sound good? If so, hit that subscribe button and let's get going. If you've been watching my channel long, you know what a narcissist is already. So I don't need to go into a whole definition for you. But if you're new here, the type of narcissist we're talking about is the type who has no empathy for another person. That is kind of the unifying factor between all of the narcissists on the spectrum, okay? The, the toxic spectrum. So I'm gonna put some links in this video up at the top here and you can check those out to get a better definition of what a narcissist is. But in this video, we're gonna focus on negotiating with a narcissist successfully. Now these tips that I'm giving you, they come from Tanya Tarr, who is a negotiation expert, and this is from an article that she published in Forbes magazine, and I will link to that article in the description below, okay? So here are five tactics, she says, that will help you create a career self-defense, and this can also work for you in your relationship, and I'll explain as we go. But the first thing you have to do is maintain your own in integrity in that situation. So she says you wanna conduct yourself respectfully when it's business-related, of course. She says, and even when other people aren't conducting themselves professionally, do that. And I say, I say especially always, but especially if they aren't being professional. She says this is not emotionally satisfying and she's absolutely right. She says her clients tell her sometimes that they wanna react the scene from Jerry Maguire and walk off the job and yell at the top of their lungs. She says, but sure it's great in theater, but it's not really good in real life. And I agree with that. That's pointless in real life, right? Point is to stick to the facts and the evidence. Now this will also work with your narcissist in your home, okay, or in your, divorce situation or breakup situation. So instead of focusing on emotions, which narcissists love to do to cloud the issue, she recommends continue to focus on objective standards and evidence. And she knows that narcissists are very good at thriving on other people's reactions, which is absolutely the truth. And she says this is particularly true when the reactions cause conflict. Again, ding, ding, she's right. So if you stick to the facts, you minimize the potential for conflict. And the same is true business relationships as well as home relationships. If you stick to the facts and not the emotions, it's gonna help. She cites things like life market value, industry standards, precedent, cost benefit, um, ROI, things like that. For me, I would say, you know, <laughs> document everything. I would say if facts are involved, show the facts. If the facts aren't involved, just 
stick to the basics. Steer clear of the emotions when you're negotiating with a narcissist as much as you can. Number three, continue to collaborate. She says, treat the situation like a training exercise. Keep making collaborative suggestions. And she thought she adds that the situation could be a dead end, but she says that doesn't mean the practice of generating solutions is a waste of time. She said it's highly marketable. That it's a highly marketable skill. In this case, if you're dealing with a narcissist personally, my suggestion is to collaborate with them in a way that helps them think they're in charge. So just like a child or an elderly person, if you give them the illusion that they're the boss of the situation, they will very often allow you to, they'll think that they're teaching you or that they're making the choices, but in reality, you're the one making the choices. If you're talking about parallel parenting, for example, you know, one of my clients told me one time, she said, listen, she said, there is a little trick that I use with my ex and it is basically I make him think that he wants that I want him to take our kid because I need a break she says as soon as he thinks I want him to take our kid psh, I'm out he, he, he doesn't take the kid he leaves her hanging well of course he does because by leaving her hanging guess what she doesn't get what she wants he thinks so she, he thinks she wants a break she doesn't really want a break she wants her kid and he then doesn't show up to pick up the kid when he's supposed to. The kid doesn't have to deal with the toxic environment. Everything is better. Everybody's happy. There's no drama. Will that work with every narcissist? Absolutely not. But it's, it's something it's something to consider and see how you can put it into your situation to benefit you and your life. Her fourth point, number four, is to document everything. Now she says send follow-up emails, document how long it takes you to complete tasks you were given, particularly the unreasonable ones. She says take screenshots. She says don't do anything dishonest. So don't record telephone calls without telling them because that could be illegal in your state. We just talked about this in our Life Summit interview earlier today with Detective Humphreys. She says, but do protect yourself by sending follow-up emails that summarize conversations. I would add to that, copy people. Copy the boss, copy other people who matter in that situation if you're at work. If we're talking about at home, I would add uh, screenshots. I would say get one of those apps. I'll put a, a link up here to this um, in, in, the, in the cards. There will be a link for you to my video about the seven apps that work for custody. I would say text messages instead of phone calls. I would say record with your phone. Uh, Detective Humphrey said this morning that you can, as long as you're telling them, in, depending on your state, some states don't require you to tell them that you're recording, but a lot of states do. So just to be safe, you can record them and hold your phone up and say, I'm recording this and then record it. As long as you say that, you're covered, but make sure that you say it while the recording is happening at the very beginning to protect yourself, okay, legally. However, documentation is important, so any sort of screenshots you can get are useful. I would always communicate through an app that you can use for the, through the court system or through text messages or through email, anything that's documentable. Um, if you must communicate over the phone and you want to record the conversation, you need to let the person know unless your state says otherwise. But this works in every narcissistic relationship, especially if there are gonna be legal issues involved. So keep that in mind. And the expert's final point is number five, which is keep working on your walkaway plan. She says, consider starting an emergency fund if you don't already have one. She says, have a backup plan for alternative employment. She says, both actions give you the option to walk away from a toxic situ situation. And she says, that's the real power and leverage. And literally that almost that exact same thing is true for your personal relationship. 
So you can have a backup plan for money. You could start saving money as on the side. If you don't have a job, because a lot of narcissists like to put us in positions where they control us so they don't have a job, or so that we don't have a job and we're financially dependent on them, then make a job or start a job. Uh, you can work from home. We are doing, um, yesterday in the summit, we had Coach Aisha. I'm actually working on a channel right now which where I'll be talking more about working from home. Don't worry, I'm not leaving you guys. I'll still be here every day. Um, this would just be a little side thing for those of you who are interested. I was originally going to put it on this channel, but I think it's too much. Anyway, point is, planning ahead is important. Always plan your walkaway plan. I like the way she put that. Now, if you go to queenbeing.com slash plan, P-L-A-N, you can actually download for free without any strings attached two documents that will help you to create that walkaway plan for yourself if it's a relationship issue for you. Okay, if you're in a relationship with a narcissist and you're trying to leave, queenbeing.com slash plan, literally like almost everything you could possibly need to think of is in those two documents. One's a checklist, one's a workbook. Check it out. It's free, no strings attached. Nobody has to know you took it, okay? I won't even know that you downloaded it. It's just there, okay? I know how it is, believe me. All right, so that's all I'm gonna share from Tanya's article, and that's where I'm gonna end my video today. Now it's time for the question of the day. And the question of the day is, have you ever had to negotiate with a narcissist? And if you were gonna do so successfully, what tips would you offer someone else? All right, share your thoughts and your experiences and your ideas in the comments section below, please, because it helps the other survivors to know they're not alone, and who knows, you might just say something that could change someone's life for the better. And wouldn't that feel good? That's all I've got for you right now. As always, thank you so much for letting me be a part of your day and a part of your life. And hey, thanks for being a part of mine. It really does mean a lot to me. I'll see you soon. It's my mission to teach others what I know to be true. You really can create the life you want. Take care of your body. Take care of your soul. Nurture the real you and introduce him or her to the world. Be comfortable in your own skin and in your place in this world. Take your spot. Take it now. And the universe will take its cue from you. You feel me? If so, subscribe to my channel. Let's get it done together.